Holy moly, I love this next guest and I think you will too. We are talking about the life of the party, Kathy Randazzo. She leads the largest Australian kids party and entertainment company, Bop to Your Drop. Now, she started off as an entertainer herself. She's been dancing since five years old. She, you know, graduated high school, went straight into the performing arts, was entertaining, touring across Australia. She was featured in television commercials. She even did bit parts for Home and Away and Neighbours. Now, we're going to go on a little bit of a journey on how this company went from three parties a week to running 40 parties a week and having a franchise in nearly every single state of Australia. It doesn't stop there for Kathy though. She's got dreams of expanding this into a global brand. So come on, let's dive in with Kathy Randazzo. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lancuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line to then living paycheck to paycheck to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts and all that jazz. Welcome. We have the beautiful Kathy Randazzo on our show today. How are you going? Yeah, good. I'm actually good. I'm excited to be here. treating you. It's a bit crazy, <laughs> isn't it, at the moment? I know. Yeah, it is a bit crazy, but well, it's all right. I think I'm getting used to it now. Yeah. I, I'm just you got to roll with it because if you don't roll with it, you'll just cry. So I'm just <laughs> with it. Yeah. I know it is a bit like that. Now, look, I'm going to jump straight in and. Um, I want to get this out of the way because we met many years ago and I think it was at a family barbecue or a, a, I don't know, do you remember how we actually met? It was a few times. I think because you knew my husband, Vince, maybe that much. Yeah, I knew, I knew him before I knew you, yeah. Uh, and then I realised that he married you. I'm like, oh, no, Josephine. Oh, my God, did you marry her? <laughs> now, for everybody that hasn't heard of Bop to Your Drop, that's obviously your baby, your company that you've had for some time. What exactly is Bop to Your Drop for anyone that hasn't heard of it before? Okay. Bop to Your Drop is a children's entertainment company. So basically we do, we specialise in disco karaoke parties, but we do do some other types of parties. And, um, yeah, we do any event where kids are. So it can be a birthday party, it can be a festival, it can be a dis- uh, school disco, preschool, da-da-da. So we're an entertainment company, but we also run school holiday programs, workshops, things like that. Okay. And how did it come about? How did Bop to Your Drop actually come to be yours? Oh, goodness. Okay. So basically um, I actually didn't own Bop to Your Drop. Bop to Your Drop, the company was owned by another lady um, and I worked for her doing a Spice Girl show and I was Sporty Spice. 
Do you know that I was Sporty Spice in the tribute show too? Did you know that? Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yes. That is so so funny. Oh, my God. So basically, cut a long story short, I went, she owned Bop to Yop. I did this tribute yeah. show and it was quite popular because yeah. um, Spice Girls was so popular then, so yeah, pretty much everyone booked it. Um, and then we started doing birthday parties but for more high-end customers because it was quite expensive. There were five performers and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then um, actually at a birthday party, this little girl, the birthday girl, said to me, oh, um, I'm a really good singer. Can I sing on the microphone as well? And I was like, oh, no, because, you know, we've sort of finished and <laughs> it's, the show's over. And also being a singer, as you would know, I, there's like germs and the microphones are really expensive. They're not like, you know, whatever. Um, anyway, and then she walked away like this. Oh, no. And then I went, Oh, okay, okay, you can sing a song. You can sing a song. And she goes, okay, and then she lit up. Anyway, she sung this song for all her guests. She was six. All her guests were singing. At this particular party, there was this long line of kids that all wanted to have a turn. Oh, no. When I drove home, (laughs) oh, my gosh, my head nearly exploded. I was like, oh, my goodness, hold on, we're doing all this wrong. We shouldn't be doing the show for them. They should be doing the show for us. They want to sing. They want to perform. They want to dance. They want to have fun. Um, There was interaction with the show, but we were the performers and they were the audience. So basically I spoke to my boss at the time and said, okay, I've got a great idea. This is what we can do. If we do it this way, you only need one performer. So then it becomes more affordable for the customer yeah. um, and more people get to experience this and then we'll buy the different microphones not the full two thousand dollar mics we'll just buy you know the 150 dollar mics for the kids um and let's put three microphones that they can perform and um, we can teach them dances and we can play party games and yeah it'll be more affordable because it's only one person per party um yeah. and then that became really popular and then my boss at the time <laughs> <laughs> said oh my goodness I didn't want to do this I I, I only work with high-end um, performing shows yeah. um, you know because you know she just works at a different it wasn't her wheelhouse um yeah and then she said so I'm just gonna stop it and then this was like a phone call after a party I was driving and I said no I don't stop it I'll do it I'll buy it off you so yeah that's what happened so then I went into agreement with her I bought the company off her and then I just continued to grow it how long ago was that that was in 2003 March 2003 so 18 years ago Jeez, 18 years yes and I still look exactly the same as what I looked then I don't look any different Um, so people understand understand the scale of what you do. Um, like how many parties would you guys like service, I don't know, in a month or a week or a year, like however you kind of, like how many parties do you guys have to, to whack out? Well, yeah, so back then we were doing like three parties a weekend. But now in Sydney, our average is, yeah, we do about 40 parties a weekend. That's a lot. Um, yeah. yeah, and it might go down to 30 if mm-hmm. it's like school holidays or something like that. But in general, yeah, we do about that amount. I've got 15, yeah. 14 entertainers. I've got 14 entertainers. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, <laughs> here you are doing, like, 40 parties a weekend and, um, you know, all of us parents are, like, 
planning that one birthday party yeah. for three months and you're like, yeah, yeah 40 every weekend. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, That's a big thing I actually always remind our entertainers when we do quality control um, and our meetings, I always say just remember this might be your third party that weekend or fourth party, whatever, but to them they do it once a year. So it's yeah. a big deal. And also I'm a parent too. I didn't even have birthday parties for my own kid every year. Like they, we always skip a year. So it's every two years. So, yeah, it's a big deal to them and the yeah. child as well. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I suppose that you really need to, to cherish it that way um, as a business. Otherwise, people just wouldn't come back. Like they want to feel like you're there for them. They're, that's their one and only moment, you know. Yeah. So I totally get that. Now, that's obviously New South Wales only. Um, yeah. Now, I dare say that you you may very well be the largest kids' party company in Australia. How does that make you feel? <laughs> um, yeah, I feel good because I work really, really hard. Like I put my whole heart and soul into that business. And, yeah, of course, things go wrong here and there, like sometimes out of our control, sometimes in our control or whatever. But I really care about every single customer and so do my staff. And also because that memory, you can't just go, oh, okay, well, I'll do it again next week. It doesn't work like that. So it's, it has to be perfect at the time. Otherwise, we can't redo it. We can redo it the year after, but, you know, that's a long time. So I feel like... Um, every now and then when people say to me, oh, my goodness, you're so lucky or something like that, and I just think, yeah, no, it's not luck because I've worked <laughs> so hard for this business. Yeah. And it's seven days. So, like, you know, we do events yeah. during the week as well, a lot of school stuff, and then it's all weekend long. So I can't just switch off on the weekend and turn my phone off and have a break. I can't because there's so much happening all weekend long. So I feel like, um, yeah, it feels good that work? it's paid off and it's successful and people want it people want to book these parties you know mm. how yeah. many days a week do you work do you do you have any downtime <laughs> oh goodness that's my new goal actually actually that's my goal every year um uh, yeah like I do have downtime I do mm. um but yeah <laughs> I think the key to that is you have to schedule it you know, yeah, yeah. Got to schedule I can't, downtime. I can't, yeah. I do try and tell myself sometimes, or no, I try and tell myself not to turn the computer on on like a Sunday. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a bit hard. But anyway, because sometimes people are asking me stuff, like they'll call me or da da, and then I have to, and then once it's on, that's it. I'll just go, oh, okay, I'll turn it off now. Oh, I'll just check out that email. I'll just check. Oh, I'll just respond to this person. And then, oh, I'll just respond again. And then before you know it, like an hour, two hours have gone past. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was supposed to work today. Okay, I've got to turn this off. <laughs> I can't help it. I can't help it. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really hard to, you know, um, when it all falls back on you ultimately, like regardless of, you know, the team you've created, the culture you've created, um, the buck stops with you. Yeah. So it's hard yeah. to disconnect at times, um, which I, I do understand, but I do try to make Sundays my day. Yeah. Unless I have an event on. So I get the urgency of events because I produce events. But yeah, that would be really hard because you're running Sunday events. So you're trying it's to. All say, the time. But yeah. um, Josephine, sometimes it's fine. Like sometimes mm. nobody will call me. But like we're running like 40 events in Sydney. There's like about. I don't know, 15-ish in um, Perth and maybe 10 in Adelaide. So 
altogether, it's like nearly 70 events a weekend. So of course, there's going to be something. Of course, someone's going to ask a question or call or want to change something. Yeah. I have customers that change their venue last minute. They're like, oh, we're not going to do it there anymore. We decided to do it at <laughs> home or, oh, we've decided to do it a whole lot. They, you know, so to them, they're just one phone call. So they think nothing, but yeah. there's like a whole process that, you know. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, it's that's not all the time. Like I would, I'd be lying if I said I worked every single Sunday all day long. Yes, I answer the phone. I'm religiously glued to my phone because I have to. But sometimes it doesn't ring and it's all fine. Yeah, so I do and I really do because I feel more refreshed than when I start on a Monday. Um, Yeah, I feel refreshed because I've had a break. Also, I want to be with my family. I love being with them and I have young children that really value my time um, and I do too. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, it's you've got to have a balance. Otherwise, it's you're running on a treadmill that you never get off. So you need to get off, rest, and then come back on. Because yeah, you can run faster. That's the way I see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you yeah. mentioned, um, was it Adelaide and what was Perth. the other? Yeah, so Adelaide and Perth. So how did you go about becoming an, a nationwide company? How did that how did that come about? Yeah, so my first one was Melbourne. So I had a great idea because I love Melbourne, actually. I just thought, oh, yeah, I want to expand Bop Tea Drop. I want everyone to experience a, one of these parties because I think they're great and I love them and I can see that the kids love them and yeah. obviously, I, you know, I want to expand my company. So I started with Melbourne and I ran Melbourne for four years, actually, from Sydney and I would go there here and there, but then I just employed um, a manager who was really good um, and she kind of like kept quality control of the entertainers. Um, yeah, so and then I started to, because you're not there, like you've got to be able to motivate your staff and be in, when they're not physically seeing you all the time, I felt like, yeah, I think it's time for me to franchise it and have a business owner mm. that can do that role. Um, so I did. Um, and then I did the same with um, Adelaide. Um, I advertised. I actually brought the girl from Adelaide to Sydney and I trained her here. Um, and that was the same with um, Brisbane. And actually Perth, one of my entertainers, worked for me for like four years, but she's from Perth. And she said, oh, I'm going back to Perth now. And then I just went, oh, I've got an idea. Do you want to run Bob T dropping Perth? <laughs> That's how that one happened. But then she went back. She already knew. And then I just taught her how the business side. But um, so basically um, Brisbane, Melbourne, LA, Perth were all franchised as well as Wollongong and Central Coast Newcastle because they're quite big. Um, They're all franchised. And then only because the reason why I chose to franchise was because of the quality control. I wanted that owner to connect with their staff and want the best out of their staff and the staff will want the best out of them. You know, it's that because you have a close relationship. Um, And I, anyway, so that happened. And then, um, but last year during Corona, um, yeah, Adelaide and Perth both sort of crumbled um, and they just like, because there was so much pressure, so much pressure with, you know, when you've got all these bookings and then they're all cancels and da da So I picked up the pieces, obviously. I was like, yep, that's fine. I picked up the pieces. I continued to grow it. And um, I just employed new staff. I've got a manager there now. And um, I don't know. I think I, I don't know if I'm lucky or something happened, but I have the best staff there. 
So it actually runs really smoothly like I'm there. And wow. I think we're so lucky these days with all our technology. We use yes. everything. We use our WhatsApp group. We use we use Marcos, which are video. It's like a Snapchat. Um, we do Zooms all the time. We do, you know, like we do so much. So actually I feel like I'm because I talk via video a lot to them mm. on purpose because I don't physically see them. Um, yeah, and since I've taken over, it's just kept growing. So I thought, yeah. oh, okay, maybe I'll just continue this and not sell it as a franchise. I don't know, but I will, but it has to be the right owner that can. What was the franchise process like? Like I, I'm, I always hear from others, um, you know, other business owners that have gone down that route that it can actually be quite challenging um, lengthy to set up and you really need to have great systems in place what you know what was your experience like in setting up a franchise when I first decided to do the franchise um yeah like every now and then I'd talk to someone and I'd say oh yeah I'm thinking about franchising my business or something like anyway yeah like a lot of them would say oh yeah it's like really expensive or yeah the same that lengthy and so many of this and you've got to follow the franchise code conduct and blah, blah, blah. anyway um and then I spoke to my solicitor that drew up my entertainers contracts and stuff and um he just went no it's not that hard yeah there's a franchise code but you know it's, it's not going to be that costly um like the people were quoting me like you know, 50, 100,000 and um, actually cost me under 10,000 to franchise wow. business. Yeah. And I just thought. I need you your know, solicitor. <laughs> yeah. That's why I thought, oh, okay. And then, yeah, wow. it's pretty, I don't know if because I don't have a physical shop and there's not yeah. that whole rental agreement type thing. I'm not sure because this is a mobile business uh, and you can run it from anywhere, the office side of it. Um, so yeah, so basically, um, yeah. So when I spoke to him, I just went, oh, it's that easy. Okay, cool. I'll do it. And then I did do it. And then, um, yeah, I think it's just finding the right person that you trust. That is harder than doing up all the agreements and stuff like that. What's your secret to finding a great team to creating that team culture and those members of staff that you trust? Yeah, I feel like they need to know the business really well. So I wouldn't jump in with anybody new. Mm. I would be like, okay, I would have a different type of agreement where we work together for three to six months and we'll just see how we can connect, see what type of morals and work ethics that that person has because there's quite a few things with my particular business that they need to be good at. So they need to be really thorough, organised, um, attention to detail, um, I do think my business owners um, need to be performers because that's a big part of the job is um, constantly giving feedback to entertainers. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I do think that there's that element to it as well. Um, if they weren't and they were just more of a business person, they'd run businesses before, they'd need to have a really good entertainer manager. So we have, I have two entertainer managers here because that's how long it takes to train entertainers but also keep the standard going. Yes. You can't just train someone and forget about it. It's like a whole quality control thing because the customer is booking a bot to drop party. They're not booking Lisa's version of whatever she thinks a birthday party is. So totally. the product has to always be the same. Sorry, the service has to always be the same. 
Um, and every party is slightly different because kids will request songs. Some kids are shy, so we play more games. Other kids are full-on energetic, so we do more dancing. So we do vary it. But, um, yeah, the overall theme needs to be the same. Yeah, and I think consistency is key. Um, one, We actually, um, in my business, Musical Makers Club, we have uh, what I call six immutable laws, and one of them is be consistent in a good way. And that is one thing that um, we train all of our staff in because when people come to us, like you said, um, they don't just get a musical theatre class. Like there's a structure, there's a feel, there's a culture about what we do. And I think to really create brand, your true brand, everyone has to be on board. So you can't just have, yeah, like you said, someone just running a a disco without the structure and the feel of what got to your drop what's is. What's the purpose? Why am I trying to do this? What am I trying to, what's the outcome or whatever? Yeah, but and people forget those things. I don't because I live and breathe it, but others yeah. do. So you have to constantly motivate, make sure everyone's on the same page, <laughs> the same goal. Totally. Um, yeah. I've got my immutable laws that I print up and pop in my in my office. I give a copy to all of my staff and I, yeah. and I recommend that they put it up in their in their houses too because they're not just rules for our business but they're rules for life like give to give things like that so no oh that's good josephine i totally hear you yeah consistency yes um okay so you know obviously being in the entertainment industry and with coronavirus (laughs) tell us about the impact that that's had because we know a lot of businesses out there have suffered greatly during this time. We know the art sector and the entertainment sector has just really copped it um, in a really big way. How, how are you managing that? Has it had a major impact to your business and, and what are you doing to maybe overcome that or pivot or whatever you're doing? Okay, well, obviously, yeah, it's kind of like really hard to run a children's entertainment company when you're not mm. allowed to entertain. <laughs> It's kind of really hard. And most of our events are big events. That's our big thing because our whole philosophy is to not leave anybody out, to not leave children out. So our prices are for 30 kids. So if you invite two kids or you invite over 30, it can get a bit hectic at a birthday party. Um, So we just have a set rate for 30 children. So we tell the parents, you can invite the whole class and da 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 um, and then we do charge a little bit extra after that just for the prizes that we give out and wear and tear of the equipment and stuff like that. But so most of our events are big events. So anyway, at the moment um, in lockdown, you can't have anyone over. But even when it gets to five people or 10 people allowed in your home, yeah, our business doesn't work that well in those environments because most people will just invite the whole class or, you know, once, you know, you invite two friends and their parents, like, you know, um, so, yeah, so it's been very difficult. Um, but so I did really cry when yeah. <laughs> Corona first happened because I was in shock. But I think we were all mm. in shock because we had never experienced this before. This time mm. around it's different because we have experienced it before. Mm. And I think, no, more my fear is that will it, yeah, just the fear of is it ever going to come back? Is it ever going to, like, as in, Am I ever going to get my customers back or people going to book because then they'll be too scared to book or da, 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 like what's the world going to turn into? That's my big fear. But um, after a while, we realised that people love discos. They love discos 
And then I started offering virtual discos because I was like, yeah. So at first, I it took me three weeks to get to that actually, which is that's not very long, Kathy. Oh, okay. It did well. In the beginning, I was thinking, oh my goodness, how am I gonna do this? How am I gonna it took me like three weeks to think of the whole virtual disco thing. Um, because I thought, no, that's the whole thing about birthday parties is that the kids are interacting, we're interacting, wow, that's great dancing, blah, blah, blah. so we're all interacting, that's the party and that's what makes kids feel good about themselves because someone's, you know, constantly reinforcing positive reinforcement. Um, so I was like, that's not going to happen on the screen if everyone's dancing by themselves in the living room. But as a nation, I think we all adapted to that being normal and that, yeah. you but the best thing was when we did do the virtual event, kids loved it and they still danced and had fun and we did still interact with them. And, um, yeah, it was kind of like the same outcome. They still, you know, all really enjoyed it. So from anything, yeah, like from a financial perspective, no, that's like way less. Also, we charge way less for a virtual party right. um, than, you know, it's more than I think it's like a tenth of the amount um, that we would normally be getting. So financially, no, it's not good. But um, the good part about it is that it gave me the confidence and it made me feel good because I realised that these people love discos, that they're willing to do it no matter what, even if it is via Zoom, they still really love it. And it just made me feel like, oh, yeah, people do really love Bop 2 Drop. That's why they're still booking. So, yeah, so if anything, not about the money or anything like that, it was just that it made me feel good that people really do love this business and that's why they're still booking. But obviously if you've got all these employees and whatnot still still churning, I'm assuming that even though the virtual discos aren't as lucrative as live events, that you're still able to it sustains the business for now to get you yeah. through. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it gives them my entertainers work as well. Yes. Um, and they it's still been connected to, to you, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And, um, yeah, and just being out there and people still thinking about it. Oh, yeah, and even when the first school disco booked, I thought, oh, my goodness, as if a school is going to book a virtual with, like, 200 kids as if they would do that. But then when they did, I was so shocked and it went so well. Like they all, um, for the kids, they got to connect to each other and see each other. So it was really good for them because as a parent too, that's the one thing that your child misses is connecting with their friends. So, yeah. Okay, cool. And, and, you know, anyone that knows you in real life knows that you're a bit of an energiser bunny. (laughs) How do you? Keep your energy up after all these years. Like you've been not just as a, like a person and as, and as a human being because you're always really vibrant and, and it's infectious, but how do you keep your energy up for your business? Like <laughs> do you still run disco? Like t- tell us about that. Like how, how are you keeping your energy at such a high level? Okay, I think I know how um, because when I was younger, um, look, I've always been an energy person anyway. Like I'm not the type of person that sits on the lounge and watches TV. That's just yeah. not me. I, I, I love, I would love to do that, but it's just not in my character. But anyway, um, I do think, because it's been 18 years, yeah. I do think because, well, first of all, with the actual parties doing the parties, 
I don't do all the parties. I train people. I do some if someone's requested me or, you know, it's, I've done their kids' last five parties, so then, I, you know, I have to um, remain loyal to my customer and they really want me. Um, but otherwise, no, I just train the entertainers. But um, there is a lot of energy in all the parties. Like you do have to have a lot of energy, but I'm not doing like, you know, six parties back-to-back all weekend long. So um, I, I would say that, yeah, sometimes in a month I would only do like two, for example, yeah. um, and sometimes one and sometimes that. So I think if I was, I do I like to say to you right now, no, I've always got energy because my whole heart and soul is in this business. That's why I have so much energy. But, um, no, you, there is a certain point where you can't sustain working seven days a week, morning to night. That's not humanly possible. Um, but with the actual physical parties, yeah, I don't do that many. Obviously, there's 40 parties. I'm not doing all of them. No. And the other thing is, um, <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I don't know, I've had two children. My children are nine and six. And I remember, I think, a lot of people, like a lot of people, I heard it a few times, would say to me, oh, yeah, but when you have children, because they could see that I was so mm-hmm. passionate about my business and so, yeah, I'm, I'm like my whole heart and soul's in it. And um, they'll say, yeah, but when you have children, that will change because, you know, like they become your world or, you know, that. Yeah. and actually, no, that didn't happen. That didn't happen because I totally when I became a mum, I realised on the other side of how important it is to a mum and how much the mum really wants their kid to have the best party ever because they love them so much. So then I became even more passionate because I was on the other side of experiencing being a parent. Whereas before I was more focused on the kid. Like I just want the kid to have the best, best time. And then when I became a parent, I was like, no, I want the mum to have the best time. I want them to relax and totally. have a glass of champagne and take some photos and talk to guests. That's what I want the mum to experience. And I think that's really important. I mean, obviously, I work um, in in the youth area as well. So when you're working with kids in an entertainment space, um, there are two clients for mm. each booking, the mm. child and the parent. Yes. Definitely. So, And each of them have different needs. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that's really important to address because if you forget one or the other, yeah. it doesn't work. So you've yeah. got to make the parent really happy and at ease and you've got to bring the child that joy, you know. Yeah. So that's a really, really good point. Um, you know, having said that, uh, there are a lot of party companies out there. Like you see them everywhere, right? But what makes you guys different to the rest what do you think it is that makes you guys stand out um i do really yeah i I do see lots of party companies come and go a lot as Mm. well i think um apart from the fact that um yeah we like our quality control of the parties is quite high we spend a lot of time training and also going out and making sure everyone's doing what they're meant to be doing um I do really, really think from the entertainers that tell me, um, because some of them will come to me and they've worked for other businesses or whatever, they often always say to me, um, actually one thing they do say is that they love working for Bot 2 Drop because we care so much, our hearts in it so much. They'll always say that because um, anything that happens during their job, I'll always 
every week. We pretty much talk to everyone every week and I'll always ask them a million questions like, oh, what happened? Or where was the parking? Or da 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 you know, whatever. So we try and make their job as easy as possible and um, we want them to really enjoy the job. But I feel like um, from all the entertainers that have worked for me that, yeah, I, I think it's that they feel really supported. That's one mm. thing that they say a lot is that they say, yeah, I feel so safe in this job and so supported that I can always come to you and talk about what happened or whatever. And I think when entertainers feel supported, they feel valued. So therefore they want to give the best performance ever for that customer. Um, yeah, and like you, we have the big two big quotes of what you're trying to achieve at every party. Um, and it's about making that child and parent, it's about how you make them feel because people won't remember what you do, but they'll remember how you made them feel. So you've got to make a difference for that person's day and make sure that that child yeah. feels like the most important person because it's their special day. It's the only day they get to do that. And the parent too. So we want them to feel yeah. like, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, so I feel like that might be the difference because a lot of them will say to me, oh, yeah, they just, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Um, hey, I can't do every single party in the whole of Australia. We have to have other companies and yeah. we can all share the work. I'm really for that because even my own kids don't want a bop to drop party every year. They want different things as well. Like so, um, yeah, so I feel like competition is good and it, we need it and we need variety and all that stuff. But, yeah, if I was to say that one thing that makes me different, I would say that from what I've heard, my staff will always say that they always feel so supported and nurtured and mm. therefore, yeah. Yeah, and I've, and I've heard it said before. I think I was listening to a podcast by um, Tina Tower and she said, a boring business is a good business. And what I mean by that is not that your business is boring by any means, but that you've really stuck to one thing and you've been focused. And I think that's a testament to the success because, you know, as entrepreneurs, it's really easy to go, oh, there's a new shiny thing. Oh, there's a new shiny thing and get distracted along the way. Yeah. Whereas you guys have really mastered the disco. Yeah. And people know if they want a kid's disco, I will cop up to your drop. Like, yeah. That's that's the thing. So when I talk about being, you know, being boring, what I mean is just having that 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 focus, that yeah. tunnel vision of we're gonna do the best bloody disco, you know. Yeah, yeah we do specialize in that, and I think we do do that really, really well. So yeah, I've also got another. Do you have um? What was it? A, a little spin-off called uh, Dance to Your Drop. Oh it? yeah, Dance to Your Drop is a dance company. But yep. we do um, dance programs for primary schools, so for oh. primary and preschools, like in their PE time type thing. Like yeah, yeah. Time. How is that going, um, um, that particular one? Yeah, well, same COVID, it's the same thing happens. Obviously, when kids are <laughs> we can't do it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's good. I don't, it's nowhere, it's sort of a spin-off, and I have another business partner that helps me with that. Yes. Um, it's nowhere near as successful as Bot to you drop. But I only think it's not because um, yeah, I don't have time. 
I don't have time. So basically, <laughs> can't do all the things. I don't do active marketing for it. I just like, but we do get lots of customers, but yeah, they're through yeah, leads yeah. and stuff like that. Um, all right, so um, who inspires you? Um, me? Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> okay, I know this is weird, but oh, I don't know if it's weird. Anyway, um, I really, really love Richard Branson yeah. and I've read like about five of his books and I really follow him. Anyway, because there's so many things that he says and they're just spot on for me. His personality is like similar to me in terms of heaps of things that he would say and write. Oh, good, I could tell you so many. Um, and I think, oh, my goodness, I think like that. I think I should be Mrs. Branson. <laughs> um, Why not? Yeah, but also because, um, yeah, his ideas were really bold, but he also worked really hard and I think people didn't see that as much. Um, yeah. And he's very brave and when he thinks something, he'll just go for it and um, not care how much hard work it is to create that. He just won't stop. He'll just keep Have you going. been to the island? Um, and, no, I haven't. Yeah, there's a cruise you can do on that. Actually. I know. I heard it's like $30,000 yes. for two days. And um, guess what? I know one of the people that runs it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I know one of the people that runs it. So <laughs> it's a friend of a really good friend of mine because she told me about it. Anyway, yeah. um, that would be amazing. That would okay. be amazing. Well, anyway. I know what to get you then. <laughs> <laughs> My birthday gift. For your next birthday, screw up, up to your drop party. I'm going to... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Richard Branson's Island. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, before we wrap up today, I want to ask, uh, what's next for Kathy? Oh my goodness. Um, okay, do you know what? I really have lots of big ideas about expanding and all that. I think now because I'm in COVID, all I want is to just be able to do face-to-face parties again mm. and to be really good at that and to provide the best experience possible to my customers um, because I'm not currently doing that because, you know, obviously because um, of COVID in Sydney. Um, but, yeah, for Bob Teardrop, I do want to expand it to every state. I do want to expand it to New Zealand and um, I'm thinking of taking on the world. I'm thinking of putting it in every country. I love that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I, I always think so of Do you know that's what I do in my spare time? I yeah. look up, like, I'll Google, I'll go, oh, what about LA? What did they have? And I always think they don't have, I can't find on Google, a really good disco karaoke company. I find lots of character ones, but, mm. yeah, I just haven't found, I mean, I think I would do so well there. So, anyway, so, yes, that's what I want to do. I do want to do Amazing. that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure. I always love having a good chat with you. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you so much. And oh, um, thank you, Josephine. Yeah, is there any um, sort of, you know, website or link that people can find you at? Um, yes, definitely www.boptillyoudrop.com.au. Right, and we'll pop that in the show notes for everyone as well that's interested if you want an amazing kids' party. All right, thank you so virtual much. Um, school holiday programs, actually. Yes. So make sure you have a look at that. Perfect. All right, thank you so much, Kathy. You have an amazing Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed listening and would like to hear more, be sure to click subscribe. If you're really feeling the love, share us with your friends. To work with me or to simply find out more about the magic of creativity, arts and business, head to my website, josephinelancuba.com and you can find me on socials. 
I also have a book that I've co-written with a bunch of amazing entrepreneurial women called The Women Changing the World. And you can grab a copy of that at josephinelancuber.com forward slash books. Thanks for listening.